Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life. And today we're talking about divorce and blending a family in small towns and how to survive it. So welcome back. Let's just get on into it. Yeah, well, this is a subject so relatable because we're talking about, right, divorce. Right. So relatable, but also blending a family in a small town. Mm-hmm. And small town is all relative. I think more of what I'm alluding to is like community because you could live in New York and you live in a small town. Right. Because where you live, you tend to <laughs> like, like everyone su- knows like a little each suburb other. or something. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Small town, either in reality or in your small little community, when you get divorced or you start blending <laughs> a family, and usually both happen, you know, it it totally disrupts the community you're in. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Well, like, I mean, you take it a step further and like even like your church community or your friend group community and, you know. The butcher. <laughs> the but- like, am, <laughs> are you going to get a better cut of meat? I, re- I remember when you? I remember when I got my divorce. Like when I was going through You've it, only had one. Yeah, just for our viewers. Not, yes, I've only had You've one. Only I'm had not. One. I'm not part of like the experience club here. I've only had one, you guys. Um, but I remember going into uh, my favorite sh- fan- ugh, my favorite sandwich shop, and <laughs> she knew that we were going our sandwich maker who's still there to this day she knew that we were going through a divorce and she's she's funny she's like very quirky you know but like fun and she's like well i don't know what all happened between you guys but i'm taking her side (laughs) it's always the guy's fault i'm taking her side i'm like what so that's so interesting because you've been taking me to i know exactly who you're talking about right (laughs) yeah and i i mean i've been going with you since we were just friends before we started like i've been going there since i was 10 years old you know well she's never treated you like that though no she's like she's silly like she yeah she was like being silly about it being silly she yeah and i'm like after that conversation i don't think it ever 
even dawned on her again. You know, like it had. You know, my sandwich didn't change. I don't. <laughs> I don't feel more spit in it. I don't taste more it wasn't spit. Wasn't juicier. In the, yeah, you know, like the sandwich is still just yeah. as good, if not better, now. Um, but it was kind of funny, you know. I mean, all the way down to the Who you do business, with, right? <laughs> the restaurants that we eat yeah. at. You know, my oh. my favorite sandwich shop from when I was ten years old. I was eating it way before I even knew her. You know. I had, I had been eating there. So it's just funny. Like the whole community, big or small. It affects know, it. Yeah. It's like a ripple effect, right? You break the nucleus of the family or the marriage and that ripples out to everyone. Well, and I think people notice it mostly too, like in their, in their friend group, you know, like people mm. choose sides. They go different ways, you know, and, and you quickly learn who your friends are, man. I could go on with some hardcore stories about that, but you very quickly learn who your true friends are. And I always felt bad, you know, you do. And I guess I've just never, I don't know if I've been put in this position truly being a friend of somebody who's been divorced. Right. But I had such compassion because, you know, just because you decided to end your marriage or your marriage split up, now everyone's expected to choose sides. Right. And you, you see that with friends, right? Like friends really liked both people. Friends aren't behind closed doors with you. They don't know what really went on and why this marriage is. Like, for instance, when my ex and I, when my children's father and I divorced, people were shocked. People were floored. People could not make sense of what because the version of us that our friends got was very different than the version of us that existed behind closed doors. And so what I, what I had happen with friends is that they automatically, a lot of people automatically took the other side because... I was crazy for leaving such a, a, a terrific human being, right. you know, and they couldn't, they couldn't no understand. One on, no one listening right now can relate to that. They have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. Right. And Everyone. so, but I always felt bad for friends. Friends have to choose and they do have do to choose. Yes. Do you think so? I do. Hmm. And I will tell you why. <laughs> so oh, well, please do tell. Well, here's the deal. Be- and I don't know if you felt this way or not. Very rarely, very rarely, and this is like, gosh, goes kind of along with our, our the message today at church. We need like a maturity revolution because very rarely could someone sit in non-judgment of both sides of something. I don't think and that's so, true. I have had friends go through divorce, and I have literally tried to stay on like neutral and I mm. and I knew both of their sides mm. and I did my best to try to help both sides both sides like almost like I tried to I don't know I tried to be my you know do my best to like help them almost get back together like try to get back together like like try to like talk to me like listen like are you, you know sure you want to do this yeah yeah and then eventually yeah. it just goes so far south I'm like Okay, well, you know what? I'm still friends with both of you, and they both knew I was friends, and then one ends up going just well, off the deep end and, like, you're friends with them, so, you know, and and it ended up being her. Like, I can't believe you're still friends with my ex, so I'm never, well, ever going to talk becomes, to you again. It okay. becomes, like, people will relate to this, right? Yeah. First of all, I had totally had friends who tried to talk me into staying. Mm-hmm. Some of my closest friends were like, are you sure? Right. Like, do you really know what you're doing? Yeah. Right? 
And just trying to make sense and reason with you. Well, the thing is that that highlighted what I just said a little bit earlier about nobody truly knew what happened behind closed doors. Like the fact that I had friends, because if friends really lived my experience, I mean, God released me from my marriage. Truly, God released me from my marriage. And that's an unpopular opinion. You know, like God's not supposed to do that. Well, God wants you to be with somebody who's going to love you like Jesus loved the church. You know, marriage is so much more than just, you know, you know there, there's a lot more vows other than just fidelity. That's not the only vow you take right. when you stand up there. And so, you know, but I it just made me realize when I had friends who were so badly trying to dissuade me from what they saw was making a, a mistake, which is judgment, was that they really had no idea because if they had lived the experience man, they would either have grace or trust that I was doing the best thing for me and the children. And even as it turns out, I feel like it was the best decision for my ex too. He's happy. He has a life he always wanted. Everything that he had told me he wanted, I I see he's living out. So I think it was, I mean, I don't think, I believe in my heart that was the best decision for everyone involved. But friends who try to sit there and and judge it and it was really hard and it really made me angry because in that moment what I what I needed was support I didn't need people to try to talk me out of something I had spent the last year and a half wrestling with and I finally got to like I got to peace with it and knew it was the right decision in my heart or I never would have just like left right that's not me and then I don't know. It was just it made me it it made me feel more distanced from my friends. And this, but here's the the original question of why you can't be friends with both people. I mean, in theory, it sounds really great. I think that's well, very I, rare. Yeah. I'm like, I think you can, but I think it needs to be the right circumstances. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, but but yeah, I just I think that you know what we're talking about today is you know surviving divorce and blending a family in a small town or your community of shared people. Um, and, and the first thing we're going to talk about, which we're already talking about is why is it so hard? Like what are the hardships that we come up against when we are going through a divorce, like within our community, what makes this so hard and blending a family because both people are very judgmental about, um, both, people have biases against right in the church divorce is a sin so even in your church community you're being judged right divorce is wrong and it's a sin well you feel like you're being judged we're not actually supposed to be judged (laughs) and there's some that won't judge you like i feel like if you and i got a divorce our pastor wouldn't judge us but a lot of people in the church would judge us there's only one true judge that's it but i think the people (laughs) that are in kind of like service was about today mature in their faith are the ones that will be there for you and you pray know, for and you pray for you yeah. and even if you are in the wrong even if you're like man i really screwed up i shouldn't be doing this mm. you know and maybe you're not thinking that at the time but y- yeah. you know in your heart of hearts you shouldn't be doing this i think still those people will help guide you through the best they can and not judge you along the way they're still gonna your pastor is still gonna be your pastor you know your your true friends that are like, man, you're screwing up, but it's ultimately your decision. I'm just there for you. You know, like people that are mature in that sense will help 
just guide you to to be there for you. Well, and just love you through it. Right. You know, the most effective tool any of us have, especially to combat things we don't agree with, is love. It isn't bullying and shame and guilting people into it and manipulating situations. And I think that was another message from today's or another theme from today's church message was like, listen, let love in and God will take care of the rest. And I think that, you know, judging is is not our job. But so judgments, that's one really hard part of doing either. Whether you're splitting up a family or bringing a family together, everyone's going to, you know, it seems like people are going to judge it. This is bad. Oh, that's so great. And people are telling you your blended family is so great. And you go home and you're like, I don't know if I can live another day of this, right? You're so <laughs> struggling. But like on the outside, it's I, all it's all wonderful. Yeah. Um, back to the friend thing. This is why I think friends feel like they have to choose. And certainly this is something I have had to deal with and you have seen firsthand in my life is that you really don't know if your friends are safe anymore. And that is because if friends are playing both sides, right? Not playing, sorry, that's kind of a... But if 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 friends are, are talking and have, being in relationship with both sides, people are human, <laughs> And people share information between both sides. Gossipy so what I do. may say, and it may not even be gossip. Like I've had well-intentioned friends who weren't gossiping, just sharing a photo. Okay. You know, and then somehow that gets turned around. Oh, you know about like social media? I'm not talking about, no, I'm talking about, yeah, maybe I posted something okay. on social media. Yeah. A mutual friend or a supposed mutual friend s- shares that with my ex and then my ex, and then, you know, it interprets whatever, and then hell, rain, fire comes back down on me, all because we share friends. So even things that aren't, like, yes, friends could shit talk the other, or I can't believe what Julie said, or gosh, I've had friends come up to me, I can't believe what your ex and your ex's wife are saying about you, right? We've all had that experience. That's really hard. Right. You know, the tattletaling. Or the misinterpreting, because now we're playing telephone. What I said wasn't even what I actually said, but because it went through three people and it landed back to my ex, it's a bastardized version of the truth. And then that causes issues in the co-parenting world, right? So I think the friendship thing, it's just you don't know what's safe. I've certainly felt that on social media to the point where I just had to stop caring. Like, (laughs) you're going to share stuff, you're going to interpret it, and you're going to call me less than of a parent because our daughter is wearing pants instead of a dress. Like, I'm not kidding you. This is, this is what I mean. So it's hard to share friends with exes because you don't know what's safe. Does that make sense? Yeah. Have you experienced that at all? Um, yeah, a little bit. And then I just stopped caring like, like years and years and years ago. I don't deal with any of that stuff anymore. I just don't put up with it. I don't have time for it. I don't have time to buy into it. I don't have time to be part of it. Do you keep these people as friends if you know it's... I have a very small friend group. I have lots of friends. I have lots of acquaintances. People I'd call friends. Like, I know a lot of good people, but I don't keep them close enough that they're going to gossip about me, or if they do gossip about me, that I even really care. I'm like, if, you know, if if you need me, if we're, you know, you need help from me, or you 
need to call or I'll call and check on them. Like I call and check on a lot of people or text a lot of people. Like I have a lot of friends, but no one close enough that I'm like, if you start gossiping about me or talking about me or, or that even care about me, I guess the people that I keep around me or in my circle don't really do that type of stuff. And if they do, right. like you're gone, yeah. like whatever, like I, and, and, and I don't really care. Like it, it just, it, I guess yeah. I don't, I don't hang on people and I don't rely on people enough to care really if like that's the route you're going to go. And if it is like your loss, not mine, yeah. you know, like I, it, it's good having friends and, and people that you can confide in. But I think that family is a lot stronger bond. I mean, I've seen some of the most close knit group, best friend people, you know, ride or die, my best friend for life. <laughs> I always laugh go at ride out. or dies. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, go out in just an absolute flame so quickly yeah. over the stupidest Gossip. stuff. Over the Opinions. stupidest stuff. <laughs> so I've just learned, like, and, and maybe it's not learning. Maybe it's just my path. Maybe it's the way it is. Like, people that end up getting drawn to me that closely, you know, like, we don't, I don't have these big, uproars and falling outs and big you know like yeah. we either drift closer to one another or we don't but I just kind of let the tide do what it's gonna do yeah and it's not like oh you're my best friend like you can only be my best friend like no you know you're <laughs> anyways are guys like that are there I don't guys know I don't who are think like all you're my best are. friend I think it's a yeah I, I mean uh, I, I know a lot of people that are like oh. like for instance like when it came to um picking people to stand with us at our wedding you know, like I have a lot of friends. I could have had 300 people stand You're with us. You're still talking to all of those people, right? Yeah. Like we're all. <laughs> I'm just sorry. The other side is just funny to me. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't know what other side. I No, like you pick, like you're right. I even look at our wedding party. Right. The people who stood up for me. Uh-huh. I'm not talking to necessarily everyone right. for different reasons. I'm not going to say women are full of drama, but. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. We're very emotional. I am very emotional. But you and I, I picked our you and I picked our people differently, though. Yeah, that's what I, that's my point. How'd you pick your How'd you pick your people to stand next to you at our wedding? I guess it was. How did I pick my people, Mike? I mean, I if I had to say, I'd be like my closest friends, the ones that I did confide in and I felt safe with, and I did life with. You know, who was I making memories with? Who had I been through a lot with? who has whose friendship maybe have ebbed and flowed but you know we're connected now like I guess it was people who meant a lot to me at the time at the time is yeah. how I picked my wedding party yeah mine the way I chose mine was um kind of based off a few different things a few different criteria are you a man of God are you are you married you know, and um, it, it basically, you know, like people that were that I knew were going to have the same type of struggles than me like, as and the I same do. Values, the as same you. values. Yeah. Um, did you have to be a perfect person? Have you had struggles? It didn't matter to me. Like we're all, we're all going to make we're all going to make issues and and have problems throughout our lives. But are you someone who is going to stand up and in a time of need or, um, you know, a time of greatness? Like, are, are you going to be able to be someone that can lean on me and I can lean on you? I need someone that if I'm out of line or I'm screwing up, I want someone that's going to 
call you out. I want someone that's going to call me out, not be afraid to call me out. Not be like, ooh, I'm just his friend, so I'm going to go along for this ride. Like, no, Eric, you're being a stupid idiot. Like, you need to knock this shit off. I, it Does anyone do that to you? I no, can't even I, imagine that. If they, But, but if I, I, I think of every single person that was in our wedding. If I was doing something, if I was doing something real stupid, yeah, and any of them were aware of it, do you see any single one of them standing by my side while I do something? And I'm talking, and I'm, th- and I'm, uh, you know, when we're when we're setting up for a wedding, I'm thinking like relationship terms. If I'm if I'm cheating on you, if I'm just leaving my family behind, if I, you know, if I'm just doing stupid stuff, do you see any one of them? Just completely going along with me. I don't know. I don't know because I don't know because I would hope that people in your wedding party would learn from their mistakes and try to steer you differently. Right. Because everyone, both of our wedding parties have had their struggles. I wouldn't say everyone, but a few. And so I would hope that they wouldn't be silent. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I well, the that, well, but you believe to be true. You I know be, your wedding party I believe, better than yeah, I do. Yeah, I believe yeah. that there's not a single guy that stood up there next to me that if I'm like, hey, listen, I'm having an affair or I'm thinking of having an affair, there's not. I, I in my heart of hearts, I don't believe a single one of those guys would be like, no kidding, man. Like, cool, let's do this. <laughs> you know, like in and like see me through. Does it. she have a I, friend? No, I, yeah, I think every <laughs> single one of them would try to talk me off a ledge and like like reasonably. Yeah. And I don't think that they would cut ties and run, you mm. know, and vice versa. Like there's guys in our wedding party that not that type of a struggle, but are, are having struggles and have had struggles. And I've, I, you know, it's like, listen, like you were there for me and I haven't been in a time of need like that, but you guys are in a time of need or <clears throat> excuse me. um, You know, you might be in time of need, but how can I help you? How can I be there for you? And yeah. I think, I think something like that is more of a bond. So the people that I chose wasn't necessarily the people that I was close enough, uh, close to at that time, or like super close to. Interesting. Like my best friend group at the time. I don't really have a best friend group that it's you like don't. we're gonna go hang out every single weekend. But every single one of those guys is someone that is solid, a man of God that I can trust yeah. to steer me in the right place if I'm screwing up, and I'm yeah. there for them too. Yeah, and now that you're saying that, I do remember when we were discussing our wedding parties. Like that was. That was where your mind is at when you were introducing, like when you were like, this is who I want to stand next to me up there. It was really, it was really thoughtful and intentional. Um, So it's a hard thing to navigate friendships when you're going through a divorce and also blending a family. The hard thing about friendships when you're blending a family is that oftentimes friends can't relate. Yeah. You know, we, that's why we're here with blended life and and trying to create community because there's a lot of people who don't know what that's like to blend a family and they have a lot of opinions about it a lot of misconceptions about it and it's hard to talk with your friends about co-parenting if they're not co-parenting themselves you know or they haven't been divorced and you have like it's just your struggles land differently and you elicit a certain type of opinion that may not be helpful more often than not it's just not helpful. Um, or there's their fixes. I, I can't even tell you, I've shared my struggle with my friends who are not in blended families and have not been divorced and their advice. I'm like, I, you, I can't do like, that doesn't, you know, like there's nowhere to go with it. And then you feel bad because you're like, your advice is awesome. Thank you for caring and giving that, but right. it's not useful. 
<laughs> but it's, do you tell them that? No. Oh. But you know what I'm saying? It's just. What it if just, we were all so honest that when stuff like that arose, like we were just brutally honest about it and like, listen. I was married to someone I'm like grateful. that. I'm grateful. Didn't work out. <laughs> I'm grateful you're. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank no. you, but no thank you. Thank you, but no thank you. But what if we were all just so brutally honest? Like, Great connection. That we just we just went around speaking the truth, truth all the time, like life was social no media. No one would stay married, <laughs> or would they? <laughs> because like it would just be so honest. Like we just we. Yeah. I th- I feel like things right now would be rough. Yeah, it'd be very rough to change into that. But if it ever was, people were brutally honest. I think it would change the way people worked and operated, because there is no sugarcoating. Yeah, you know, no I don't fluffing. Know. Yeah, it'd be a good movie. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Let's talk about the other thing about friends. And, you know, we can apply this with family, too. So everything we're talking about friends, sometimes family, you know, when you're, I mean, because when we get divorced, you know, we expect family to side with us. And it's hard when our family still wants to stay connected to our ex. And, you know, it's hard, though, because our family, as we were married, grew relationship with our now ex. And they're just expected to turn off any kind of, like, allegiance or you know respect or adoration or love that they grew works you know that like that's hard to navigate when you're say like my parents were talking to my ex that's very hard and and also when you're blending a family it's really hard when you're expecting you've decided to blend a family and now our family's gone through the loss of their ex like your ex and having to grieve the marriage and grieve that relationship for themselves. And now we're starting a new family, and our family is expected to just have instant love and instant um, feelings and instant connections and instant, like, yes, come in, you know, when there's broken trust. I think we forget there's broken trust when we divorce for our family. Like, how are we going to trust this marriage is going to last? You know, how are we going to trust this person's going to treat you right or you're going to do right by them? Um, because our families don't like to be on that roller coaster either. An expectation of instant connection, like now you have step-grandchildren, so you have to you have to love them the same way as your bio-grandchildren. That's the pressure we put on families. And that's really hard, and I think it's really unfair, right? Like step-parents, you kind of have to grow things naturally and let them evolve how they're going to. You can't force connection. And I think that's all really hard when you're blending a family and breaking a family. And, and, and the, the two dynamics are really tough on other people. Um, the loss. Let's talk about loss of divorce and loss of blending a family. When we divorce, you said it. We lose friends. Right. We have to grieve a lot. We're not just losing our spouse and our family. We're losing friends. We're losing family. We're losing our in-laws who we might have loved and our sister-in-laws and brother-in-laws and our cousin-in-laws and our nieces and our nephew-in-laws. Like it's, we lose a lot and it's really, really hard to have that loss and still show up grieving. And I don't care if it was your fault for the divorce or not, you still go through loss and it's hard when everyone still lives in the same town, you know, and this brings us to another really hard thing about small town community living when you're going through all this is seeing everyone still. Oh my gosh, everyone's still around. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I, my ex mother-in-law, there she goes down the street and glaring at me, 
you know, or there's my friend eating lunch with my ex's new wife. That's fun. You know, <laughs> like you have all this loss, but it's like you can't escape it because it seems like it's always in your face. Have so you, you ever? So what do you do? I'm just going to give you the biggest question of all. Well, we're getting to, we're talking about oh. the hard stuff first. Like all the things like we're relating I'm to people. I'm not going to lie, you guys. We, I have no idea what topic we started on because the way that we do the show, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just going with it. We're talking about the hard parts of divorce. <laughs> Let me remind you. Divorce. They already know. They heard family. the intro that well, we haven't recorded yet. Well, you need to remind it. You need Thank a reminder. You. <laughs> <laughs> so the hard parts about it, right? It's There's loss. You know, children, our kids that get stuck in the middle. You know, and I've I've dealt with this. I think your children have dealt with this. Kids in a small town hear everything. So well, the like, kids still go back and forth from house to house, too. So they also hear everything regardless. You but know they what I hear mean? it from like, other people. Yeah, they hear it from other people. They hear it from, you know, like kids are stuck the most in the middle of all of it. Just not only between the people. And they have but no to say house. over anything. They have it. no say. And yeah. then they're just being, like, influenced and formed this entire time. Yeah. Um, a lack of support. It's very isolating to blend a family because chances are you're not surrounded by other families that are blending. And if you do belong to a church, chances are that feels isolating too. And even if, if it's not, even if the people aren't truly isolating you, like you feel like you're isolated. Just because there's you it's feel like you're you don't have a shared experience. Like yeah, other or, people aren't doing it. Yeah, too. or yeah. you feel like, well, she was kinda close to that person or he was kinda close to that person. So I probably should stay away because they probably heard gossip and it's probably not true because the other person gossips and, or maybe they don't at all, but That's right. you, just you don't know it. who's safe. You just feel it at that yes. point. Yeah. So it's like everyone just becomes kind of an unsafe enemy. or yeah. not, maybe not an enemy, but just unsafe. And you just, I don't know. I guess that's kind of what I did a little bit to a point where I'm like, I don't know who's safe and who's not. And there was that's a lot right. of just BS and garbage and, fabricated stuff and i just kind of went my own direction like you know what i need to be i need to be here for myself and my kids and just get life back in order yeah just if you if you if you're around for it and you're part of it you know and and you do this on your own great if not i'll be over here yeah because everyone seems to know you right like you you meet someone and the thing about small towns is like it's one maybe two degrees of separation so like i swear if i go into a coffee shop and i need to share something i'm struggling with you have to look over both shoulders first right everyone in where we live it is amazing everyone we have six of us right so there's my ex his wife your ex, her husband, and us two, right? Everyone Might knows each other. Too, but a like few others. <laughs> everyone knows each other. Right. So like your ex wife and my husband's new wife are friends. And that's been interesting. But not only is that like we like we all know each other, well, my, but then my but ex is husband and i grew up together we went to school together and like yeah. we're well i mean we we're i wouldn't say we we're friends but we we're friends yeah you know? well, i was friends with my husband's right. new or my ex-husband's yeah, like new yeah, wife we all yeah we're a giant we're it's it's so incestuous everyone incestuous, but then you get it. like 
now everyone knows everyone. So between the six of us, the players of all of the, like our extent, like everyone in our town knows at least one, if not more of us. Right? Yeah, I can't even go to like shoot an event. Like I went somebody to an event knows yesterday. Somebody. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I know people that like know you and know your kids and other people I know. Yes. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like. Right, everybody knows everyone. Yeah. Everyone's heard something, you know, and it's just the biases that come with that. Because everyone has their version of the truth and everyone has their own, you know, their truth that they're telling, which is going to be different than your truth. And everyone has a bias because of it. And so you can't exist in community without like the anxiety about, you know, my ex, are you safe? What do you know? Can I trust you? Do you hate me? You probably don't like me if you know my ex because they like to. I think it's. I There's think, like all yeah, that. I think it's kind of formed me to who I am because I'm like, I almost expect now at this point, like a lot of people know my ex or if you do know my ex, I'm like, you know what? I know my ex. And if you know my ex and I know my ex. <laughs> we can't be friends. Like, no, I'm like, you know what? Mm. You drop your own conclusion. It yeah. got me. It, it, it helped. I think it helped make me a better person. It was a hard lesson. And this has been a hard lesson mm. and a struggle. But I think once you get to that point where you just don't care anymore, where it's like, you know my ex, I know my ex. I've had my experiences with her. You may have had your experiences with her. Your experiences are your experiences. Mine are mine. And at some point in time, I don't really care what you think about me or if she's talked about me or whatever. Your experience with me is going to be your experience with me. And I'm not going to treat you any different because you know my ex or because you're friends with my ex. I'm going to show you that even if my ex has trash talked me, I'm better than that. I've, I, you know, I am going to, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove her wrong if that's the case. Then if not the case, I'm still going to treat you the exact same way because that's who I am. Yeah. I'm not going to let a past circumstance or conversation dictate what you think about me just because you're tied into that. I'm going to draw my, I'm going to, I'm going to draw the conclusion that you come up with by your interactions with me now not by what might have happened not hearsay or any of that yeah like your your interaction with me is going to be genuine because this is who I am yeah not because they told you who I am well and I think one thing I I do appreciate because that is how you live and I I get to experience that firsthand and you know what is so beautiful about that is the you know it's really hard to live in an anxious state. And I more live in an anxious state, like wondering what people are thinking, who, who people know. It doesn't feel safe. Like, I, you know, I feel like, I mean, I lock my shit down and do the best I can to navigate to protect myself. But you live that way and you don't really have anxiety. Like what I suffer from anxiety, you just kind of are like, you don't deal with that. And so that's a great, if you guys are listening to this and you're like, I, I'm so anxious, take Eric's advice. And I see him do this firsthand. And it's just a mindset shift. And I think you have to be ready for it too. Like there comes a point, like you'll have something happen to you and you're like, you know what? I just don't care anymore. Like it. It is not that you just don't care because that part of you still cares. You still care. You just don't want that rule. You, you just stop. Letting it control you. Giving a shit. <laughs> I don't care. You don't care. I you care. Just don't give I a just shit. don't give a shit. No, um, it's it, you. It. How do you explain this? You stop caring. It's it's not that you stop caring. You stop 
assuming. You stop Ooh, just ass- you stop good. assuming that people think know, anything, hear, yeah. think, do anything. You don't. Operate, you basically yeah. you start at every incidence, every relationship, every interaction at ground zero. Mm. There's there's none of this negative equity going into this. There's not like ooh maybe this maybe that because. Again, that's a rabbit hole. That is something that can stem so deep and so far and boil up to affecting what your interaction is going to be with someone. If you started at ground zero and you're just like, from here on out, we're going to build whatever this relationship interaction. It could be a five-minute interaction. This started at zero, then it's going to end where it's going to end. Don't start negative and negative equity trying to work yourself up. This person might know your ex. And they've never talked about you. They've never heard about you. Your ex has never. Just because your ex exists doesn't mean that every single person that they have interactions with, they're going to talk about You're you. You're not that You're important. You're not that important. <laughs> I knew that you was You are coming. not that special. Like, my ex has not talked about me to every single person that she has ever talked to. Just because she has had coworkers or other family members or new family members or new interactions... I am not special enough that she has talked about me to every single person that she has had an interaction with. It's a good way to look at it. So, all right, I like it. Um, <laughs> I asked on social media on Instagram. I was like, I, I posed the two questions: What's the hardest part of divorce, and the hardest part of blending a family in a small town? And people wrote in, and something that some <laughs> someone responded that <laughs> when you're Husband's ex tries to join your Bonko group. Yeah, I mean, that's and I'm probably like, not. Oh my gosh, that bunker. is I mean, so true. Like the new spouse, yeah. or like an ex, or their like your ex or their new spouse tries to like infiltrate. That's probably not that uncommon of a it's thing. It's probably not. not intentional either. You just all know the same people, right? Right. So it's like you get invited to something, and this has so happened in in both of our lives a, a little bit, like oh, this person knows this person, and so by association they get invited, and then you're both there, and it's awkward because... I feel like that's happened a lot more to you (laughs) than it has to me. I'm more social than you. Which is weird because I'm more social than you. But just in our own ways, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're but no, it's I'm like that is so true. Like in a small town, like you all, your lives bleed over into each other's, and you are like, yeah. if I show up to an event, like if it's a kid event, you know everyone's going to be there. But if I show up to this, this you know, I, I don't know this group event, like at the coffee shop, there's going to be a meetup for moms who's going to be there, you know. Eric, oh. Eric will just because of the nature of the <laughs> event. But, you know, I was thinking about that. I'm like, so, so true. We are one or two degrees of separation. And I think that leaves you in a heightened state of anxiety because you don't know if you show up what you're going to face. And it's kind of like a relief when everyone like, oh, none, none of the six of us are there. Right. Like, it's just, you know, it it it's nice. And so... Um, I wanted to acknowledge that because that definitely is hard. Um, Somebody else wrote in, and I actually had this happen as a stepchild. So check this out Um, in reverse. So I'll say what this person said. This person wrote in and said when, you know, she's a step parent. 
Oh, well, mixing up the bio and step parent. So this, I think, happened yesterday. Oh, not knowing what kid belongs to what parent? Well, like, so yesterday was prom. And this is me, this is me just giving an example and assuming. So it's just to make a point. Yesterday was prom. My son went, took his prom date to a, a park near the ocean where we live to take pictures pre-prom. And um, my ex and his new wife, <laughs> I always say new wife like she's new. My ex and his wife are there and they're walking away and I introduced myself to my son's prom date's mom. And I said, hi, I'm Julie, Cole's mom. And she looked at me like... <laughs> What? Yeah. And so I'm wondering if Cole introduced my ex-husband and his stepmom as his parents. Oh, really? Do you know what I'm saying? Because she looked confused that I was the mom because she had already met someone. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know the whole thing, but she looked at me like, that's really weird. And I will say, um, when, as an adult, my bio dad and my stepmom came to visit when I was adult and I took them to my favorite Mexican food restaurant at the time. Mm. And if you know me, I call all my step parents like mom, like I, I call my stepmom mom. I used to, and my stepdad dad. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't call them by their first names. I called right. them mom and dad. So everyone in, I, in my, my mom and my stepdad live, you know, next in the same city as we do. I've always lived near them. And so, you know, we're a small town, so everyone knows my mom and my stepdad, but I always call them mom and dad. So um, I went into this Mexican food restaurant with my biological father and my stepmom and the owner, who I knew really well. I went to school with his son, um, <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, oh, who are these people? And I'm like, this is my mom and dad. And he was like, I thought... Bob and Trudy were your mom and dad. <laughs> like he was so confused because it just had never come up. And I was like, no, this as is a my child, mommy and my sugar daddy. <laughs> well, and I'm just sitting there mortified. And my dad and stepmom look mortified as well. Yeah. Like they were so uncomfortable. If they could have left, just, they would have. Why though? Like, I like, like, well, it's such you, an you knew my history with I, my parents. I, like. Which I do. It's such an <laughs> honest, like silly, mis not a mistake. It's just like an honest, silly truth of like, yeah. But as a kid, I mean, as an adult stepchild, I was like, oh, my gosh. It was so awkward, you know, decades later. My step-parents have been in my life since I was one year old. Right. So, literally, like, it's just it's just something that, I mean, know that even adult, like, this carries on forever. Like, this awkwardness, this, like... The mix-up of step-parent and bio-parent and, you know, we don't walk around. We, <laughs> I'm like, it makes me think that everyone should have their name tag. Yeah, or just... Step-mom. Not care enough. Mom. Because, yeah, it's, it's going to throw some people off, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, a little bit, but at it, the end of the day, it's just our circumstance, and it is what it is. And, like, again, like, I just find humor in everything, so, like, I don't know. I think, Make a joke out of it. Well, and I think... I think in the beginning of blending a family, that's really hard because it's sensitive. You know, I think in the beginning when you're all idealistic and, you know, you're all very protective because this is my child, you know, and then whatever. Like, it's it's all very new and you're navigating how to, like, do blended life. And so it's very sensitive. And I think as you, with time, you do get desensitized to stuff like this. Now, my parent, my step, 
mom and bio dad weren't desensitized and neither was I because my bio dad lived six hours away. So he was never in my daily life. This was never something I had to navigate. He came up and saw me. Maybe I can count on one hand the amount of times my bio dad came into my world. You know, I always went to him. So I think the more you have to navigate it, don't be afraid. Like the more you deal with these situations, you build a callus to it, right? You you get some thick skin. It's not so emotional. So advice around that is just to keep leaning in and not avoiding these situations because the more you avoid them, it just like perpetuates that like sensitive heart. Like just deal with it and keep dealing with it and you'll get over it. Like I think that's you. You just, just get over it? Yeah. I got our next shirt idea when... Tell me. No. Why? Because we're never doing merch. We are going to do we're merch. We're like six years in and never doing merch. Do you guys want merch? Let me know. Where's the crickets button? <laughs> All right. Let's talk about how to survive. Like, that's the, the major... Do you have anything else that you would be like, this is a really hard part of divorce or blending a family? <laughs> we don't have that kind of time on this podcast. Just keep on cranking. Well, I was just like, so what do you do about all that? And you've given really great advice, really sound advice, advice that I've seen work firsthand. So what Eric has said, I watch and it works. I'm not, I'm no expert at this, you guys. Like I'm literally just sitting you here. You are an expert. I'm not, I'm, I'm literally. I would say you are. I mean, I'm an expert at my own circumstances, at my own experience yeah. because I've lived it. But That makes you an expert. I'm just a regular old asshole. <laughs> Where's your button? You made noises over it, so I didn't have to. Don't don't be pressing buttons. Otherwise, (laughs) you have to listen to it all the way through. It's like we're on a rocking ship in the ocean. Why are we playing this? You're the the one who pressed the button. You pressed the button. All right. Well, here we go. So what can you do to help navigate the hardships of divorce and blending a family in community, in small towns. Well, here's what I will say is sometimes you just have to let people bury themselves. Eric and I are no strangers to shit talking, to gossip spreading, to being villainized. And, um, you know, it's it's been really hard on both of us. Really nasty things have been said and done and spread about us and and not true. So here's what I will say is that consistency and time well consistency is your superpower so like Eric said you just keep doing what you know is right you keep being who you are you know you you don't get dissuaded by lies and manipulation and slander and gossip and judgments or whatever people will bury themselves with that shit because all that I just came up with a great saying what you do you boo I just Whoa. came up with that. Oh, high yeah, five. Thanks. That was amazing. So, what <laughs> So, you know, people will bury themselves because if people are going to go about life slandering other people and gossiping about other people and talking shit and lying, you know, at some point their lies aren't going to match how you're living. And I think people see that. They don't see that at first. No, it takes time. It this and is I, like the, the but long it's so game. rewarding like once people like are like, "Wait, this doesn't add You're up. You're not yeah. who everyone or, yeah. or who they that's said right. you are. That's it's right. It's like, yeah, because that's not ever who I was. Right. So consistency is your superpower. You keep living righteously. You keep being a good person. You keep being the kind-hearted, grace-filled person that you are. 
And people will see through the lies because you're consistently doing the right thing and they're consistently talking shit. And that says way more about them. Listen, shit talkers, people who slander other people, people who act out, you know, it says way more about them than you. You know, I mean, your ex has tried to like do stuff to me and I just never respond to her. Yeah, it's it's almost because it's like you're gonna bury yourself. Yeah. It's almost what I don't I don't know. Sorry, I just wanted to finish it's my over thought. The podcast, but I'm just like people will bury themselves. You know, there's there's very few things. So when you're choosing battles, choose your battles wisely. Not everything needs to be answered. Let your life speak for itself. You know, words do matter, but your how you live speaks louder than any words ever could. That being said, too, you know, like just because you've been so wronged and the other person might be living such a terrible life in your eyes or whatever, Mm -hmm. and this is all just judgment, like who are we to judge them? Who are we to go gossip and talk about them and, and trash talk them and tell other people about them? Like we, it's not our job to go win people over. And even if people are, on both sides or teetering both sides because they know your ex and they know you. And now it's like, Ooh, and I got to win them over mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like no one feels that way. No one feels like, you know I mean? Maybe, maybe actual friends like during a divorce, but if you're just like, Ooh, you know, my ex or whatever, it, it's not necessarily a competition to these people that know both of you. Right. It's not necessarily like, they have to, they're at the end of this interaction, they're going to have to choose a side. And I think that's the other part that I see too, is it's not, a, it's not a competition. Love, friendship, you know, happiness, whatever can go in any direction. Like just because they know both of you doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to choose a side. They can know love and like both of you. They can know hate and not like both of you. There, there's not always a side in this. Does that make any sense? You know, it they, does. They're not always going to choose a side. Like, I so feel just like that's a perfect it. world. Like, I want to live in that world. Well, it's not always going to be that way. I know. Some people I'm just are saying I really sides, like that world. But it's not I'm, always going to be. I'm here for it. Yeah. Sign me so, up. All right. I like it. I, I think that's. I'm, I'm typing up a contract. Leave thank me alone. you. All right. Um, you know, hurt people hurt people. And I think having that perspective, like when there's shit talking and people are trying to hurt you and, you know, I think about even awkwardness that exists between co-parents. Like if we all have to be in the same place and you're like, hi, how's it going? And the other person's like not willing to talk to you or this is normal. We all deal with this in co-parenting situations. Most of us do. You know, one side's over it and like willing to connect. The other side's like still mad dogging you or ignoring you or or whatever and you have to realize in that moment that they're probably still hurt probably have deep-rooted feelings they probably have some deep-rooted feelings that they haven't gotten over yet and they're still hurting and that's on them that's right so you don't stop being you but what, what i'm saying is understanding that lets grace in you know you can you can kind of have perspective around like it has nothing to do with you. You're not doing anything wrong, but they still have some stuff they need to work through that they're not over. They still have issues that they haven't been able to let go of. And when you can see it from that perspective, it kind of allows you to level up a little bit where you're like, you know what? Thank goodness that's not me, right? It would suck 
to have to show up in every situation with like a chip on your shoulder or awkward or uncomfortable or, you know, not being able to just be happy, especially at like a child's occasion. So I think that having perspective helps. Um, and you know, block and protect was something else I wrote down in the beginning, especially, I think you, you need less of this over time, but be careful what you're putting out on social media. Like don't be part of the problem. And also you have a right to protect yourself, right? You have a right to block people who are not contributing to your life in a positive way. Like you, people in your feed, do you ever have, like, I will watch people and they get so angry. Like they're scrolling through social media and they're just getting angry and they're getting angry. I can't believe that person posted this. I can't believe that person said that. I can't believe it. And their, their day is ruined by social media. So either get off social media if you can't handle it or block people in your feed that you don't like. Like if it's not bringing you joy if it's not something you like to look at, if it's not bringing you happiness, then block and protect your emotional, mental well-being, right? I think it's such a waste to let other people have such power and control over us. And so it's it's part of like drawing boundaries so you can protect yourself so that you can show up as the best version of yourself. Does that make sense? 100%. Um, sense maker. I think a really underutilized tool is prayer. <laughs> you know, there's some things we can't control. And there are some, we can't control what other people are going to say about us or how they're going to behave when we're all in the same place or who they're friends with, right? I can't control who our exes and their spouses are friends with. And there's a lot that we allow all that chaos to control us, to affect how we show up and how we do life. And that's a really disempowering way to live. So I think that when you don't know what to do and you feel out of control, if you pray about it and you invite God into a situation, you can't invite God into a situation and have it remain the same. Like if you're genuinely praying about something, it'll shift. So I think that that is something that you know, some things are, we can't control humans, right? No, we try to, but we can't. Yeah, I think that, you know, prayer and community, if you can find community too, find community, people who can understand what you're going through, people who can empathize with you, and people who can give you sound advice. A really great way to counteract isolation is getting community. So if you're in a small town, seek out other stepmoms, and maybe it's people who are older than you, right? Maybe I think when we're looking for friendships, we're looking for people who are the same age as us. But the truth is there are many women and men who've gone before you who have been divorced, who have had blended families and been a step-parent. And it's, it's really cool to find someone who's been ahead of you and find like a mentor. So maybe it isn't your age friend group, but maybe you're somebody who's older and wiser can speak into your life in a different way that might be meaningful to you and help you feel not so alone and give you hope. You know, get into therapy if that feels right. Find a life coach. I'm one. I'm here to help. You can always reach out to me at becomingheardnow.com. Sorry, becomingheardnow at gmail.com. But, you know, having support and having 
um, someone to hold your feet to the fire a little bit and accountability for the way you're acting is how you transform. You could have all the information in the world, but if you don't have support and accountability, the likelihood of you transforming and actually changing in a way that feels good to you is, is not so great. Right? Right. Right. All right. Well, that's all I have for helpful hints right now. Do you have any? Nope. No. Okay. If you guys have things that have helped you get through divorce and blending a family in a small town or just in community, I would love, love, love to hear about it. I would love to maybe compile a list of helpful hints and tricks. So comment below, write to me, connect with me, and let me know what's worked for you so that to help you survive, this is really hard stuff. Well, thank you guys for being with us. We are The Blended Life, and we will see you next time. Yeah, bye. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.